recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Guys, and welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade, now at episode number 99. And I'm feeling fine just a week away from episode 100, guys. The milestone here at the Wrestling Memory Grenade, unbelievable 100 episodes, nearly 100 episodes ago. Don't want to count my chickens before they're hatched, but here we are, episode 99. Big things coming next week, lots of fun to be had. Some special guests going to call in. We're going to have a lot of conversation talking all about 1987 and the World Wrestling Federation. More on that later in this episode of The Grenade. Also, now I usually do this two or three episodes before the end of the project, announce our next project. Following the current project, 1987 WWF, what's it going to be? Well, you guys won't have to wait much longer. I figured since it's such a big show next week, episode 100 and all, next week we're going to drop the announcement several weeks in advance. Not only next week are we going to have a lot of fun, a lot of... uh special guests, if you will, here on the show, but I'm also going to announce where we're headed next here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade Project. Going to be a lot of fun, but we're not there quite yet, guys. First, we have to close out October of 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation here this week. And before we do that, just a quick reminder, you guys can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade and our sister shows like Monday Warfare, The Battles Within, Raw vs. Nitro, where we break down the weekly episodic history of the Monday Night War. Currently in the summer of 96 right now, on Monday Warfare, the NWO is taking over World Championship Wrestling while Stone Cold Steve Austin is just getting going in the WWF. You can also listen to the Regional Wrestling Podcast where we talk the territories. Two projects right now going on over at Regional Wrestling covering 1981 and Georgia Championship Wrestling with guest co-host Jamie Ward and also covering Mid-South, well, now the UWF, 1986 with guest co-host Roman Gomez and you can listen to all of those shows and more as part of the WrestleCopia podcast network located over at WrestleCopia.com that's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met from Apple to Spotify Google and beyond also be sure to follow me on social media guys follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade that's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade also follow and like me Facebook.com slash wrestling grenade follow me on social media for all the latest goings on at the wrestlecopia podcast network and i'm also constantly adding old school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history and while you're at it make sure you subscribe to my youtube channel guys you can find me there at youtube.com slash wrestling grenade uploading new footage all the time over 500 videos up right now and counting more to come very soon so stay tuned there again youtube.com slash wrestling grenade and now more than ever would be an extremely supportive time to become a wrestlecopia patron and you can find me there at patreon.com slash wrestlecopia yes there are multiple tiers to choose from guys but i'm only asking you to take a look at that five dollar all access tier get you all sorts of gifts for just five dollars including 
all of my insanely detailed book-like show notes, talking pages upon pages of show notes for every episode of The Grenade, Monday Warfare, and the Regional Wrestling Podcast. Plus, you'll get early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia. You can listen days, sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. Plus, remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade Show, covering the 1989 NWA project, includes enhanced sound quality and new content and conversations. Originally edited out of the initial broadcast due to time restraints, edited right back into the show. But that's still not all. You'll also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. And of course, there's our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series, covering many past WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Coliseum videos, Saturday night's main events, Clash of the Champions, and so much more. So you get all of that, plus random bonus video drops, newspaper clipping ads, and more. All of that for the low, low price of just $5 a month. No subscription. Cancel anytime. Show your support. Give it a try for a month. I think you'll like all the content that I offer, and every penny of it, guys, goes right back here into the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. So if you have a few bucks to spare, now more than ever would be a great time to get involved, help show your support. So if you're looking to support a new podcast brand that features quality content that informs as well as entertains, think about giving the WrestleCopia brand Patreon a try. And now with all of that said, all of that out of the way, time to dive back into the month of October in 1987. Going to close out the month of October here this week before we get to episode 100 next week. And it all starts with the October 24th edition of the WWF's Superstars of Wrestling. Right and away we go. It's Superstars for October the 24th. Tape back October 6th, Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Mecca. It's Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, Bruno Sammartino on commentary here as we head off to the ring for a feature match right out of the gate. Intercontinental champion, the Hockey Talk Man, Colonel Jimmy Hart in his corner, taking on George, the Animal Steel. As the Hockey Talk Man now out to his brand new self-titled theme, what else but the Hockey Talk Man. <laughs> Well, no more honky tonkin'. Instead, now the honky tonk man is brand new, self titled theme released as part of that pile driver music album. And after Honky assaulted Elizabeth at Saturday Night's Main Event, I said it last time on The Grenade that this would make the perfect time storyline-wise for a match between Honky and the animal who, who simply adores the lovely Elizabeth. 
So let this be a warning to everyone out there. Be careful what you wish for, guys, because here it is. Hockey Talk Man taking on the animal. And if you recall, Steele was scheduled to wrestle last week on Superstars, but was deemed too upset after what had happened to Elizabeth at Saturday night's main event. But now it's revenge time, guys. As Hockey Talk Man plays a little cat and mouse early on, dancing and taunting the animal, then running around ringside until George Steele climbing back inside, but Hockey catching him in the ropes, stomping him down, putting the boots to George Steele here. But Animal comes fighting right back, messing up the IC champion's hair before applying a double-handed elevated choke, then tossing Hockey down to the mat before plowing him over with a shoulder tackle. And then from there, Jimmy Hart coming to Hockey's rescue by tripping up George Steele from the outside, but Hart too now chased around ringside into the ring. Finally nabbed by Steele is the manager mouth of the South, and the animal winds up getting Jimmy's jacket off of Hart and then tossing it over the head of referee Dave Hebner. With Dave Hebner briefly blinded here, seeing an opportunity, Jimmy Hart hands Honky Tonk Man the megaphone, and Honky blasts Steele across the back with it, while Hebner again momentarily blinded, remember, that jacket over his head. But George Steele briefly sells it, but he's back up, makes the comeback, grabbing control of the megaphone and clocking Honky right back with it. Trouble is, the referee sees the animal use the foreign object and disqualifies George Steele, Honky Tonk Man, getting a very quick win here in a, well, a non-match. Not much wrestling to be had here. Match goes 1 minute and 53 seconds. Honky going to steal the disqualification win. And then post-match, George Steele chasing the champion from ringside, then eating a turnbuckle as a consolation prize. And again, not much here by the way of a match, but I like the story of Animal wanting revenge at the Honky Tonk Man after what he did to Liz. It only makes sense. As up next, we get an update with Craig DeGeorge, a recap of Andre the Giant's return to the company and involvement at this previous Saturday night's main event in that Mr. Wonderful King Kong Bundy matchup. Remember, it was Andre aiding Bundy in defeating Mr. Wonderful there. So the Giant clearly back in the thick of things here with the Heenan family. And of course, King Kong Bundy, Paul Orndorff, both part of that upcoming Survivor Series match involving Andre and Hulk Hogan. As we head back to the ring for Ravishing Rick Rude, Bobby Heenan in his corner taking on Mike Richards, and cue the original stripper music here for Rude, not to be confused with the awesome polished version that he'll have eventually here. But they're continuing to give Rick what he needs to succeed here. Early on in his WWF run, now with a complete entrance, he's not just standing in the ring anymore, and thank God, back to singles matches here for Rude. Enough of those six-man tags, I hope. But Rude, he's not out here alone. Bobby Heenan also brings out Andre the Giant for the matchup this week. Makes sense. Andre also has Rick Rude on his team as part of the Survivor Series, as Rick Rude has words for the out-of-shape losers as he flexes for the ladies before taking it to Mike Richards here when all of a sudden we see Oliver Humperdinck and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff appear up on the interview platform. Now, we've seen Rude do this to Paul in the past, and now it's Mr. Wonderful's turn. A little eye for an eye here as Orndorff now poses for the fans during Rick Rude's matchup, getting the attention of the Ravishing One, upsetting him in the process. In fact, Rude is so beside himself with Orndorff posing that Mike Richards from behind with a schoolboy for a pinfall attempt, but it only gets him a one count and a pissed-off Rick Rude popping up, cutting Richards off with a power slam before executing the over-the-shoulder backbreaker 
Got to get the submission win here in one minute and 39 seconds. Now, post-match, Rude, he regains his composure, gets on the house mic, telling Orndorff to have a look at what being simply ravishing is truly all about. Then Rude beginning to pose in the ring in the direction of Mr. Wonderful, but Orndorff going to pose right back to a much louder ovation, showing Rick Rude what being wonderful is all about. So I suppose turnabout was fair play here this week as the Rude and Orndorff feud continues on and remains over here with the crowd, this really helping Rude make great strides in short fashion with the company. As we roll on, up next, standing by, a very quick promo here from the Mouth from the South. He's standing by with his latest find, the Glamour Girls. Woo! Introducing Jimmy Hart's Glamour Girls, the women's WWF Tag Team Champions. Yes, you can be sure that we are the roughest and the toughest, right, Judy? We're not only the roughest and toughest, we, we are, are the, the Glamour, Glamour Girls. Girls. Kiss me, girls, kiss me! <laughs> well, that's another one. And it is official. Jimmy Hart, now the manager of the ladies, WWF Tag Team Champions on top of the men's. It's Judy Martin and Leilani Kai, now the Glamour Girls. So, for the time being, Jimmy Hart now managing three of the five title holders here in the WWF. Of course, Hockey Talk Man, the IC champ, the Hearts, the tag team champions, and now the ladies tag champs as well, the Glamour Girls. And I love that they're trying to do something with the women's division here. As Martin and Kai, they got a gimmick and a manager in time. Yes, in time for the Survivor Series, but also in time for more fun matches with the Jumping Bomb Angels. Can't wait for that. As Superstars rolls on, the following segment going to feature another music video from that Piledriver album. This week, it's Mean Gene Okerlund and Rick Derringer performing Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. Very reminiscent here of the old Hot for Teacher video, though a little more kid-friendly, if you will. And this video will indeed replace a match segment on the show, because that's just how big the Piledriver album was. Brother. But as Superstars goes on from there, a quick Young Stallions promo, Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma, they recall their recent quote-unquote win. It was a reverse decision over the Hart Foundation on a summer edition of Superstars, and that's covered in the latest edition of the WWF magazine. I guess the Stallions ignoring their loss to the Hart Foundation on Saturday night's main event, but nevertheless, the Stallions part of that giant upcoming 20-man tag at Survivor Series, as Paul Roma says, the Survival Series. It's survival of the fittest. And no doubt the Stallions, if anything, are indeed fit. As we head back to the ring for the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith, Dynamite Kid, taking on Steve Lombardi and Jose Estrada. As the Bulldogs are back, but Matilda going to share their spotlight with them. And boy, I bet they just love that. As we get an insert promo here from the Bulldogs, who assure us all that Matilda will indeed be with them at the Survivor Series. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I, for one, am certainly relieved that it's back to the action. Davy Boy with a huge press slam on Estrada early on before Lombardi tags in and takes a beat down as well. Finally, the future Brooklyn Brawler with a sucker gut punch on Dynamite Kid allows the heels some brief offense, but the kid gets to the corner and makes that tag back to Davy Boy as we get a fun little argument here on commentary during this matchup. Jesse Ventura refers to the Bulldogs as Powerful, but small. Bruno San Martino laughing it off at the thought that a 250-pound and 235-pound man are being considered small by Ventura as Jesse does the old, well, maybe not in your day, Bruno, as Vince McMahon pointing out that Bruno averaged around 275 pounds 
At his peak, as San Martino says, he was as high as 285. Jesse responding by saying, at only five foot eight, Bruno, in 285, there couldn't have been a cut on your body. Bruno then seems to be taking exception to the body's comments to being referred to as five foot eight. And it was honestly the most organic and most words I've heard Bruno speak all year in a single segment. And you could tell Jesse fired him up here. And it was just a really fun conversation between the three announcers, especially Jesse Ventura and Bruno San Martino. Nevertheless, back to the matchup. Davey Boy goes all Bonzo Gonzo on the heels here before he scoops up his own partner. Dynamite Kid into the air with a gorilla press. Davey Boy going to launch Dynamite across the ring onto Estrada with a diving headbutt. Going to give the Bulldogs the win. Three minutes and 38 seconds is up next. We're off to Craig DeGeorge standing up at the platform. A special interview with the five, count them, five managers involved in that giant 20-man tag at the Survivor Series. Go the other way. Already going for the big event, Thanksgiving night, the Survivor Series, a series of elimination battles in tag team divisions, singles competition, ladies and men. And among the competitions, Andre the Giants team will battle against Hulk Hogan's team. But for now, we're going to talk about the tag team division, and that's why we've assembled these five managers up here to talk about a very terrific tag team division, Jimmy. Let me just say this, baby. The Hart Foundation, the world tag team champions, we're going to be ready. That's all i got to say, Daddy, in the Survivor Series. A lot of competition on the other side. The Young Stallions, Killer Bees, Rougeau's to name a few. Well, you know, the Hart Foundation, they're the captains of the team because they're the world's tag team champions. And as much as every member here and every manager wants their team to be tag team champions, we're all going to work together to survive in the Survivor Series. That's right. Remember, this is going to be some of the most furious action of all time. But when the smoke clears the ring, remember, the Russian team will stand defiant and strong, Daddy. You know, one thing I'd like to interject here, there'll be five teams on each side. That's 20 men in this tag team. I understand the ring is going to be reinforced, and what is eventually going to happen, you're going to see the likes of the Killer Bees, the Rougeos, all those other little wimpy teams get eliminated once and for all. May I interject this point? Don't forget, also among those tag teams, we have neglected to mention the British Bulldogs. The former world tag team champs will be there, too. That's right, the British Bulldogs. I know that they want the Hart Foundation, but I promise you this, baby. We're going to come out victorious. Our team's going to come out victorious. And the funny thing is, if one of my men, the Islanders, is, a woman, is pinned, submits, countered out, or gives up, both Islanders have to leave. The same goes for both the Hearts. Same goes for the Rougeos or any of them. One man's beat, they both leave. But when it's all over, everybody on our side is going to be standing there because we are one thing, gentlemen. We are Survivors! We'll find out Thanksgiving evening, the Survivor Series. Well, there it was. All five managers standing there, each representing one of the heel teams at the upcoming Survivor Series. Heenan, of course, with his Islanders. The Hart Foundation, managed by Jimmy Hart. Mr. Fuji, he has demolition. It's luscious Johnny V standing in the back there with the new Dream Team and the Doctor of Style Slick with his brand new Russian team, the Bolsheviks, going to be unleashed at the Survivor Series as well. Bobby Heenan brings up that when one member of a team is eliminated, that means the other member of the team must leave as well. And quite a sight to see all five managers here, all five heel managers, but an even bigger sight to see 10 teams, 20 men in the ring upcoming at the Survivor Series. As we go back to the ring for more action, King Harley Race, Bobby Heenan back out to ringside. 
Harley going to take on Frankie DeFalco. As pre-match, Bobby Heenan instructing the fans to all rise and bow before the king. And then it's an insert promo with Harley also telling us that all of his opponents will now bow to the king. No exceptions. And I do believe he means it this time. As Race takes DeFalco down and drops a headbutt before his old vertical suplex. Ah, brother. And then the cradle suplex. No bridge. Going to get Harley the win here in just one minute, 24 seconds. And then post-match, as promised, after a little hesitation, Frankie DeFalco, on his own, does indeed get on his knees and bow before the king. Now, as the show goes on, we head into a commercial break. Coming back from break, Harley Race taking his time exiting ringside. I always love when this happened. When out of nowhere, Hacksaw Jim Duggan making his way to the ring for the next contest. Ho! And the King and Duggan going to cross paths at the end of the aisleway and stare one another down. Duggan instructing the King to get out of my way, tough guy. But Harley, he doesn't appreciate the comments from that common peasant Duggan and shoves Hacksaw aside. But Duggan responds as only he can, using his two-by-four to clothesline Harley down to the arena floor. Now a humiliated King The upset race tries to climb in the ring, go after Duggan, but he's held back by the officials, and I can't really blame him. It was a little bit of a cheap shot, Hacksaw. Not gonna lie. As we are in the ring, it is Hacksaw Duggan taking on Tiger Chung Lee, and we see the officials trying to hold back Harley Race and Bobby Heenan, trying to force them to go to the locker room, but the heels remaining in the aisleway at this point. Meanwhile, Chung Lee attacking Duggan, but it's Hacksaw retaliating with a big backdrop, the wind-up slam, and the three-point stance clothesline giving Hacksaw the quick win here, just one minute and two seconds. And then post-match, look out Duggan, the king, back ringside. And to counteract the two-by-four, Bobby Heenan tossing Harley Race a chair. So the king is ready for battle, and he swings the wooden chair right into Hacksaw's two-by-four. But Duggan wins the duel, his board knocking the chair from Race's hands, and the king, he has to bail from the ring. Duggan then stealing Harley's robe and crown after the matchup, and putting it on himself. Duggan then sauntering around the ring in the king's garb, complete with theme music, as the Fink proclaims Hacksaw, King for a Day. Hmm. King Duggan. Nah, never work. But it is safe to say the Harley Race Jim Duggan feud is on. As we close out this week's Superstars, next week we learn it'll be Dangerous Danny Davis going one-on-one with Sam Houston in both men's singles debuts here on TV. Well, that only took about seven months, and I guess primetime doesn't count. As we get closing comments here from Danny Davis to close out the show, the Dangerous One says he will be successful in his singles debut on TV next week. We also learn next week a 10-man battle royal featuring many stars, including a quote-unquote newcomer by the name of The Warrior. So WWF already loading up the shows for November sweeps. And it is indeed a new fall season, a hard sell on the WWF's brand new Survivor Series pay-per-view concept. Looking forward to all of those big matches and potential scenarios at the Survivor Series. Of course, Savage and Hockey Tonk feud continues on. Rude and Orndorff continuing to shine as well. Fans attending house shows are seeing some of the two out of three fall matches and other gimmick matches between Strike Force and the Islanders right now. 
And and of course, also now Hacksaw Duggan versus Harley Race. You can add that to the list of feuds here in the WWF in the fall of 1987. And let's not forget Andre the Giant back looking for Hulk Hogan and that WWF title as we roll on to Wrestling Challenge for October 25th, 1987. Here we are, Wrestling Challenge, October 25th, tape back October 7th, Green Bay, Wisconsin at the Veterans Memorial Arena. It's Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon on commentary as we head to the ring for the Macho Man, Randy Savage, the lovely Elizabeth in his corner, taking on Van Van Horn. And Savage, guys, he is over as fuck at this point. Crowd cheers insanely loud for the entrance of the Macho Man. As Van Horn, he tries running away early on, but finally it's Macho with the double axe handle off the top rope to the outside, then back in the ring with the flying elbow. Going to end Van Horn here in 2 minutes and 59 seconds. And with Hogan and Andre just starting to get back into gear here, it's Honky versus Savage that is the feud of the fall of 1987 right now, and Macho Madness is mad over. Dig it! As Challenge rolls on, a special report featuring Bam Bam Bigelow who is simply dominating the competition right now. And then back to the ring for the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, bodyguard Virgil by his side, taking on Tony Parks as DiBiase grabs some cheap heat before the matchup, mocking the Green Bay Packers for being in last place in the NFL right now. Patience, Packers fans, another six, maybe seven years, and you'll have a long run around that top. As Tony Parks going to get a few shots in early here on DiBiase, but Teddy comes back, and it's the power slam that sets up DiBiase's Scorpion Deathlock, the sharpshooter. Going to get DiBiase the submission win, 2 minutes and 54 seconds. And it's not quite the million-dollar dream, but still pretty cool to see DiBiase lock in the Scorpion Deathlock as we roll on. Finally, it took a while to get there, but here we go. Mean Gene Oakland standing by with his very first interview here this week. Mean Gene going to talk with the IC champion Honky Tonk Man and his manager, Jimmy Hart. Wherever I go on this great land of ours, people are buzzing about the Survivor Series coming up on Thanksgiving night, November the 26th, 7.30 p.m. live. That's Eastern time, by the way, just outside of Cleveland, Ohio, in a fantastic facility called the Richfield Coliseum. 50 World Wrestling Federation superstars all under one roof in one fantastic evening of World Wrestling Federation action. A ladies' elimination with two five-member teams. In the tag team elimination, a grand total of 10 tag teams, 20 wrestlers. Also, as part of the Survivor Series, there are two gigantic 10-man eliminations. Jimmy Hart, your man, the Honky Talk Band, a number of your men are going to be represented on this card, but the Honky Talk Band is going to captain a team that includes Outlaw Ron Bass, the King Harley Race, Danny Davis, and Hercules. They'll be facing another five-man team, captained by the Macho Man, Randy Savage, Ricky Steamboat, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Jake the Snake Roberts. All will be members of the Macho Man's team. You know who is the busiest manager in the WWF and why am I? I'll tell you why, because I manage champions, and here's one right now, the Honky Tonk Man, baby. All right, the old guitar man. Mm -hmm. There's always a place for a guitar man. 
Ah, 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 can you see that? My team, the King Harley Race. Outlaw Ron Bass, Hercules, Dangerous Danny Davis, captained by me, the greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion of all time, the opposition. Snake, Duggan, Beefcake, the Dragon Steamboat, everybody thought could beat me. Couldn't do it. And who else? The captain of that team. Macho the Man. The worst thing. Macho Man Randy Savage. I say line them up one by one, and I'm going to get them just like ducks on a pond. <laughs> All right, there are a number of issues that could and maybe will be resolved in the Survivor Series Thanksgiving night. Well, there I was talking all about the Survivor Series, Team Honky Tonk taking on Team Macho, and the Dragon, Ricky Steamboat, now replacing Junkyard Dog in that matchup. And at least Honky knows Macho Man's team, his opponents, as he should, which is more than I can say about Savage at this point. But it's the very first matchup in Survivor Series history, and we're only a month away. As we head back to the ring, Strike Force, Tito Santana, Rick Martel taking on Steve Lombardi and Tom Stone. So Tom Stone, no longer Rocky Stone. I'm assuming since we have a Rock Don Morocco, just like Dusty Wolf will become Dale Wolf once the American Dream arrive in 1989, baby. And Strike Force going to dominate on the offense here this week as things begin to run a little long here time-wise. Santana finally putting Stone away with the flying forearm in five minutes and three seconds. I wrote, wow, that was long for any squash much less a Tito rest hold clinic. And again, that lack of actual tag team maneuvers and mostly just basic stuff in the ring is really what separated the youthful and energetic feeling of the Can-Am Connection team from the admittedly more polished, but also, dare I say, more bland strike force. But it is what it is. As we roll on, up next, Mean Gene Oakland, going back to him. This time he's standing by with the WWF champion. We're going to hear from... Hulk Hogan. We are going to be cranking it up for one of the biggest wrestling spectaculars of all time. 50 World Wrestling Federation superstars all under one roof on Thanksgiving night, November the 26th at the Richfield Coliseum in suburban Cleveland, Ohio. 50 superstars at all, including the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan. Hulk, come on in for the first time since WrestleMania 3. In a 10-man elimination, you to captain one team, opposing you will be Captain Andre the Giant, heading up the other team. Well, you know, survival's not a new word for the Hulkamaniacs, man. Yeah, we say our prayers, train eat our vitamins, but the bottom line is to survive. Opponent after opponent we've lived through, we've made our mark on the WWF, the whole wrestling world. And the greatest mark we made was when I defeated Andre the Giant. Controversy, quick count, whatever you want to say it was, big man, that's cool. Because this is the first time since WrestleMania that we're going to see eye to eye. Ten-man elimination. Your warriors against my Hulkamaniacs, brother. One by one, they're going to be eliminated. They're going to be cut off, man. One by one, Andre the Giant. And sooner or later, I guarantee you, eye contact. You'll feel the fury and the thunder of Hulkamania. And what do you want? I only wanted to point out at the risk of sounding negative, but Bobby Heenan, I'm certain, has got in the back of his mind that he can get it down to a two-on-one, a three-on-one, maybe even a five-on-one. I don't care if it was five-on-one. I am the ultimate survivor. The reason is, the reason I'm fighting is why I will survive. The whole team of Andre is fighting for the money, the ego, the greed, the blood, the pain. 
simply, I'm fighting for my little holsters, man. All right, two ten-man elimination. Big matches as part of the Survivor Series on Thanksgiving night. The greatest day of the Hulkster's career was beating Andre at WrestleMania 3, dude. And now he gets Andre again at the Survivor Series, brother. Hogan going to eliminate the entire heel team one at a time until it's just Andre left. You do realize that you have an entire team, don't you, Hulk? But challenge goes on, and here it is. Finally, it's the TV debut of the Ultimate Warrior. Yes, indeed, the Ultimate Warrior, no longer a dingo, taking on Terry Gibbs here on Wrestling Challenge. No racing to the ring quite yet here for the Warrior either, just a typical walking entrance down the aisle and a quick rope shake by the Warrior Man. We also get an insert promo from UW here with a new insert promo background, by the way, guys. Kind of a weird lighting effect going on in the background here. But the warrior telling us to look in his eyes and jump on his back as he takes us, quote unquote, through the wall. Warrior tells us the only thing that floats through his veins is the power of the warrior. And if power of the warrior is code for steroids, then I believe it. As Terry Gibbs going to try his hand at some offense early on, but failing as Warrior takes over and works the arm. Ultimate Warrior working the arm of Terry Gibbs. Yes, guys. When he debuted, Warrior still attempted to do typical wrestling matches, complete with arm drags, hip tosses, drop downs, and the like. But the finish is more Warrior-esque here as we see the clothesline, the big gorilla press, and a splash. Going to end it here. The Warrior picking up the win. One minute and 37 seconds. And for as awesome as he looked physically, even by this point, the Ultimate Warrior still knew he was new to the company. This was just an opportunity, pal. And at that stage, Warrior was just working like any of the other guys on the card, even using the word brother in his promos, just doing the basics and trying to find his way. But boy, will that change fast. As we roll on, another special interview, Craig DeGeorge, talking with the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Jimmy, going to be a busy man at the Survivor Series, managing Honky Tonk Man, the Hart Foundation, and now the Glamour Girls as well. Hart, part of three out of the four matches at the upcoming pay-per-view. And all of those people, currently champions, by the way. All right, we've heard a lot about it, that Team Concept Elimination Series tournament upcoming on Thanksgiving night. It's the Survivor Series. And I don't think there will be a busier man than the man I'm going to introduce you to, the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. And Jimmy, I think you're going to have to forget about the turkey, forget about the cranberry sauce this year. You're going to be a busy man on Thanksgiving night. Well, you know, like you said, baby, who is the business manager in the WWF and why am I? I'll tell you why. Because you see, baby, I manage champions. You see, you know, out of the four out of the three matches, the three out of the four, I'm so excited about what's coming up on Thanksgiving, man. I feel like an elephant sitting on my tongue out here. But I am involved in three out of the four matches, Daddy. That's right. Now, let's, let's go over them uh, one by one. Okay, first in the women's division, you'll be managing on one side. That's right. Sensational Sherry's going to be the captain on one side, Moon on the other side. But on Sensational Sherry's ring, can you believe that's what she's got, baby? She's got Jimmy Hart's Glamour Girls, the women's tag team champions, Daddy. Hold on a minute. You know what you just said? The fabulous Moolah, perhaps the greatest ladies wrestler ever. Well, this is 1987, not 1957, baby. We're going to be victorious. All right, let's move up one step. In the singles competition, what a great matchup there. That's right. Can you imagine this, man, on the singles? Like you said, baby, the honky-tonk man on one side of the ring, Randy Macho Man Savage on the other side of the ring. Can you believe this? Captains of their team. 
there's a lot of other people supporting, of course, Randy Montrez Savage, including among others, the Junkyard Dog, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Jake the Snake will be there. But don't look, look at Honky Tonks team, man. Look who we've got. King, Harley Race, Hercules, Dangerous Danny Davis. And don't forget, look who else we've got on there too, baby. A surprise secret daddy. All right, we left out the tag team division, and you know how the British Bulldogs, the Rougeos, they'll be gunning to get you. That's right, but look at this. The Hart Foundation, the tag team champions managed by the Mouth of the South. And look who we've got. The Demolition, the Dream Team, the Russian, and the Islanders. You know something? I forgot one thing. Matilda will be on the other side. You know she likes to get on you too. That's right, but I'm going to take care of Matilda myself and you can bank on that. Uh, but let me tell you something, Bulldogs. We want you as bad as you want us and we're going to get you. Savage, you ain't seen nothing yet. The honky-tonk man, we're after you, baby. That's a promise. All right, thank you very much, Matt. South Jimmy Hart. Looking forward to seeing you in the Survivor Series on Thanksgiving Day. Then up next, we hear the name a lot, but don't get to see the face too often. It's an interview with Jim Johnston. You know, the infamous composer of countless WWF entrance themes over the couple of decades time. And this week, Johnston got to talk about the Piledriver music album before we're off to Robbie Dupree and Girls in Cars, the music video once again. Hey, I said it before. I'll say it again. Guitars on the beach. Man, I miss the 80s. And it's one more match before we close out this week on Challenge Axe and Smash Demolition. Mr. Fuji in their corner taking on Sonny Rogers and Chris Zarna as Rick Derringer's Demolition plays them to the ring, and Gorilla Monsoon Bobby Heenan referring to it as hard rock and deafening. They can't hear one another over the sounds of that new theme. During the matchup, we get an insert promo from the Young Stallions talking the Survivor Series. Of course, the Stallions and Demos going to be on opposite teams at the pay-per-view. And then from there, Demolition doing their namesake once again this week, as it is Demolish and Destroy on Sonny Rogers followed by Chris Zarna, and then it's the Demolition Decapitation on Zarna. Going to get the demos the win, four minutes and four seconds. As Demolition looking ready for bigger and better things. As we close out this edition of Challenge, Mean Gene Oakland standing by one more time. Jumpin' Jim Brunzel, B. Brian Blair, it's the Killer Bees. You know, over the past week, 10 days, I've gotten a lot of calls about the big Survivor Series that is coming up just outside of Cleveland, Ohio on Thanksgiving night, November the 26th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, by the way, live. You have two 10-man elimination matchups in the Survivor Series. Matchup number one, team number one, heavyweight champ Hulk Hogan, the captain, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, superstar Billy Graham, Bam Bam Bigelow, and strongman Ken Patera. Opposing them... A team that is captained by Andre the Giant members, one-man gang, King Kong Bundy, the Nashville Butch Reed, and Ravishing Rick Rude. Matchup number two, and this is a great one, no doubt about it. All of these are great. 50 World Wrestling Federation superstars, all under one roof for the Survivor Series. Match number two, team number one, the Honky Tonk Band, the captain, outlaw Ron Bass, the king, Tandy Davis, and the mighty Hercules. Opposing them, team number two, in matchup number two, captain, macho man Randy Savage, Steamboat, Beefcake, Duggan, and Snake on that team. I, I said we've got a lot of conversation about the two ten-man elimination bouts, but come on in, Jimmy Brunzel and me, Brian Blair. There's going to be an exciting tag team elimination bout. You're going to be on the team of Strike Force, the Rougeos, Paul Roma, Jimmy Powers, and the British Bulldogs. Opposing you will be the tag team champions, the Hearts, the Islanders, Valentine Bravo, Zukov, and Volkov, plus the demolition. But, gentlemen, it should be a great, great tag team elimination. It sure should, Mean Gene. You know, so the Survival Series. Well, a lot of people out there don't know the meaning of survival. Survival happens to be the ultimate goal of man. You can take away the money, the diamonds, the rings, the Cadillacs, and all the rest of the things, and the one thing man lives for is to survive. 
And that's the attitude we're going into this series with, Mean Gene. We don't plan on losing. We got a heck of a team with a heck of a bunch of good guys out there. People that have tried, people that have given their hearts and souls, Mean Gene. And we're going out there for one thing, to prove that the bees can beat anybody. All right, recall, though, remember that there's only going to be one man on each team in the ring at the same time, according to the rules. However, Jimmy, let me... It is, Jimmy. Of yes. course it is. Let me be quick to point out that once your partner is eliminated... You must also head back to the showers and leave the ringside area. That's true. On a negative note, we're thinking positive all the way. You know, Brian kept it all when he said Survivor Series. Because the bees have been survivors in the World Wrestling Federation. And on this night, we're going to have two things to be thankful for, and hopefully three. The first, our health. The second, to be in the World Wrestling Federation. And the third, to be survivors in this big match. We're ready for them. I could tell that. They are charged up, and well, they should be. They will be accompanying four other teams into the ring, Brian. You know, a lot of people might want to know, Brian these teams might want to know, are we going to wear these masks? What do you think? Well, Jimmy, what do I think? I think, frankly, it's none of their beeswax. All right, you're <laughs> going to be flying out of town on Thanksgiving night. So more Survivor Series talk there. 20 men out there for that big 10 tag team elimination matchup. Brunzel even trying his hand at a fired-up promo here for the pay-per-view, as he should, given the outcome. As we move on to Thursday night and primetime wrestling for October the 29th. Hosted once again by Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby DeBrain Heenan. And we're just 48 hours away from Halloween, guys. So it is the Halloween edition of primetime here, if you want to call it that. Well, there is a pumpkin, or was anyway. As we head off to the intro this week, Gorilla is searching for that pumpkin. Where did it go? I'm Gorilla Monsoon. I'm your host, Bobby DeBrain Heenan. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Prime. What did you do with it? With what? The pumpkin. This is our pumpkin Program. Didn't see any pumpkin out here. Pumpkin was here. I saw it, Brian. You, I haven't seen any pumpkin. Why would I uh, tamper with somebody's pumpkin? <laughs> because you're always tampering with one thing or another. <clears throat> We're going to be taking a look this week in primetime wrestling at two of the family members, at least. Well, three to be exact. The Islanders, right. two of them, and uh, the big guy. Who's the big guy in your family that we're going to see today? Take a guess. You don't know, do you? I'm not going to tell you. King Kong Bundy was going to be on the program, and I scratched him. How do you like that? You scratched what? him for Bam Bam Bigelow. What do you think of that? No, you didn't. He's yes, supposed to be in the first match, well, King Kong Bundy. Too bad. We're not going to see him. Oh, just because somebody lifted your pumpkin, now you're taking out on me. Absolutely. What about last week? Somebody lifted my bottle of uh, Also going to be bringing you stuff. up to date on all the exciting news about the Survivor Series and all the latest ramifications of it and what's going on and what kind of strategy Bobby the Brain Heenan is going to instill in his men for this, aren't we? Who are you to just come in and turn everything around here? I had Bundy set for this thing. Well, we're going to see Bam Bam because I, I figured that the people would like to see Bam Bam much more than they would like to see the fast food king. Only two days from Halloween, you're starting on me already. Well, that's what happens when you walk off with my pumpkin. In you fact, touch we're your pumpkin. Well, I'm sure it just didn't get up and walk away the by place itself. The place is full of thieves. You, know, I got you remember last year's week. pumpkin, don't you? Yeah, she carved out to look like the king. It wasn't very funny. <laughs> Let's go right now as we take a look at Bam Bam Bigelow as he takes on the big Samoan Sika. Roll the... All right, Gorilla having some fun there with Bobby Heenan, implying that Heenan did something with his pumpkin. 
So Gorilla, he switched things around on the show. We were supposed to see a matchup involving King Kong Bunny, but instead, it's going to be Bam Bam Bigelow taking on Sika, which was a solid big man match from the Boston Garden. As we roll on, it appears the pumpkin has been found in the dumpster. Polish Power picking right up where he left off here in the World Wrestling Federation. This guy is going to present some problems for you and all the members of your stable family. It's an or interesting so name, stable, Ivan uh, Putsky. Looks like an eye chart. That? Oh, thank you very much. found that in the dumpster. In the dumpster? Mm-hmm. In the dumpster? You, I'm looking at you. Why would what you, you look at around? Do I look like I hang around dumpsters? You resemble that remark. But no. how did she find it? But, she doing in a dumpster. I sent them out to check the area for the pumpkin. Doesn't have a face. Oh, I would have had a face on it already. Well, you want to dust it for prints? I never touched that pumpkin. I, last thing I do is touch pumpkins. There's probably some blonde hair on there somewhere. Wouldn't surprise well, me. For me. Let me ask you this, Brain. How do you compare Ivan Putsky's body to Ravishing Rick's? Oh, there is no comparison. Ivan is much better. That's what. No, I it thought. isn't. Pusky was so happy. Plenty that more match. exciting action coming up. In fact, uh, our special review coming up with all the information you want to know about the Survivor Series. So, Gorilla pondering is Bobby Heenan playing games out here, or was it another culprit? Nevertheless, the pumpkin has been found. All is right in the world of primetime wrestling. Even talk of Ivan Putsky in his brief return here. Gorilla putting over the body of Putsky, and you really have to comparing it to Bobby Heenan's Rick Rude. And then up next, oh, this is a sound clip for the ages. I recommend everybody go out there and watch this video. I'm sure it's on YouTube. It's also on the October 29th edition, 1987 edition of Primetime Wrestling, guys. It's the Million Dollar Man up on the stage. A special interview here is Ted DiBiase going to offer to pay a young man $500 to dribble a basketball. Ladies and gentlemen, we have heard about him for some time now. He claims everybody's got a price. Introducing, led by his bodyguard, Virgil, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Well, 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 the million-dollar man is here. And as you can all see, I'm accompanied by my man, Virgil. And in one hand, Virgil has a basketball. Poor man sport, basketball, right, Virgil? It's very easy to play basketball. All you need is a ball, a hoop, and an old raggedy pair of tennis shoes. Not like the expensive games that I play. They take Learjets, limousines, but that's another story. And then the other hand, Virgil has just a small sampling of the million dollar man's millions. And I know that looks like a lot of money to most of you people. And as I look around the crowd, it's obvious to me that most of you would do just about anything for a little bit of my money. And I'll tell you what, being the generous individual that I am, I'm going to give somebody here the opportunity. Look at that, Virgil. Look at the hands waving already. They all want a shot at the money. I'm going to give somebody here the opportunity to make some of my money. Now, all you got to do to make some of my money tonight is bounce the ball. Now, I know that's real difficult for most of you people because you can't chew gum and walk at the same time, but all you got to do is bounce the ball. Now, who wants to make $500? Look at that, Virgil. Look at the poverty. 
Let's look around here. Let's see who we're gonna pick here. Let me see. Okay, we got us a little basketball player right here. Security, let's bring him up here. Bring him up here, right here. Come right on up here, son. Okay. Get around here where I can see you now. What's your name, son? Sean. Okay, Sean. Can you dribble a basketball? You can dribble a basketball, okay. Virgil, give him the basketball. Now let me see, can you dribble that basketball 10 times? Let me see you dribble the basketball 10 times. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Good, oh, okay, pick the ball up, Virgil. Well, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do, Sean. If you can dribble this basketball 15 times consecutively without missing, Look at here, I'm gonna give you $500. Now I know you and your family can use $500. I can tell by looking at you that you could use a lot more than 500 bucks. Okay. Virgil, give him the basketball. Okay, Sean, 15 times. Ready, go. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Oops! We didn't get to 15, Sean. You didn't get to 15, did you? No. He didn't make 15. And you know what that means? What that means, Sean, is you've got to learn a hard, cruel fact of life. When you don't do the job right, you don't get paid. <laughs> that was disgusting. What? You didn't even watch it, did Yes, you? I did. This was just handed to me. You know, this is a sports program. It said to read this on the air that the little boy who was dribbling the basketball has just been cut by the Harlem Globetrotters. Will you stop? <laughs> you're, dis you're, you're just as despicable <laughs> as that other individual. And again, it's better to be seen than heard, but the audio, my God, the heat that DiBiase gets from the fans there. DiBiase offering to pay that young man, Sean, $500 if he can dribble the ball, bounce it 15 times. And just as Sean bounced it 14 times, looking for 15, you guys can't see it here on the show, but for those who have never seen the video, DiBiase kicking the ball away after 14, preventing Sean from getting to 15. And you don't get the job done, Sean, so you don't get the money. Poor young man who couldn't have been more than six, seven, something like that years old at the time. Now, the story Bruce Pritchard has told is, the family was chosen and spoken to prior to the interview, breaking the fourth wall here, guys, breaking kayfabe, just for a moment, just so you guys aren't so pissed off about the situation. The family was informed prior to the actual interview what was going to happen, and they received the money regardless. That's the good news. The bad news is, unfortunately, Sean got up there and he kind of forgot about all of that. So when it happened, he was genuinely heartbroken. Poor Sean, but... I'm sure his family enjoyed that 500 bucks, or maybe it was more, who knows. But job well done by everyone involved in Super Heel, Ted DiBiase, guys. I can't believe this one aired on the cable programs. This one was syndicated money all the way. As we close out this edition of Primetime, we got a couple of promos for you guys. First, we'll hear from Mean Gene Stylist talking about Brutus the Barber Beefcake. All right, here on Primetime with uh, my good friend, host, Gorilla Monsoon. And his sidekick, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Don't really understand what Bobby Heenan does on this television program. 
sometime, Gorilla, you're going to have to pull me aside and explain it to me. You may want to have it explained to you yourself. How about talking about the Survivor Series in suburban Cleveland on Thanksgiving night? Spend a day with the turkey, relatives, your mother-in-law, and then break loose and head out to the Richfield Coliseum. Or, for that matter, you could watch it on pay-per-view in the comfort of your very own home. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, the man that now does my hair, does superstar Billy Graham's hair, does a lot of uh, different hairstyles here in the World Wrestling Federation. There are going to be 50 stars all under one roof for the Survivor Series. You're going to be part of, well, one five-man team. There are going to be four involved in these elimination matches. In matchup number two, 10-man elimination, you've got your captain, Macho Man Randy Savage, Rick the Dragon Steamboat, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Jake the Snake Robert. You're in good company. Well, you know, I couldn't be in better company. And then, as usual, where the World Wrestling Federation is going, man, that's where history is in the making. That's where things are happening. That's where people are going, and everybody in the world will be watching on this particular day. Okay, on the evening of Thanksgiving, November the 26th, Honky Talk Man, Captain's Outlaw Ron Bass, The King Harley Race, Dangerous Danny Davis, and Hercules. That's your opposition. That's your matchup. Yeah, that's my opposition. You know, and right there, you're talking about a lot of guys, Gene, who could really use a lot of help on their hairstyles. And, you know, it could come Ooh. down to a situation where we could have each and every one of these guys one at a time in there and give them a trip. All right, it could be a two-on-one, a three-on-two, a five-on-one. Who knows? Thanksgiving night, we'll find out. And the beef are part of Team Macho at the Survivor Series, and they're going to be taking on this man and his team, talking about the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Here is the Honky Tonk Man. All right, in suburban Cleveland, Ohio, on Thanksgiving night, November the 26th at 7.30 p.m. live, by the way. It is going to be the Survivor Series, and you are going to have an opportunity to see this phenomenal event, either in person or live, exclusively on pay-per-view. Make your plans now, make arrangements to get the gang together, because there are going to be 50 World Wrestling Federation superstars all under one roof in Cleveland, Ohio, at the Richfield Coliseum on Thanksgiving night. Tag Team Elimination includes 10 of the premier tag teams in the World Wrestling Federation. In the ladies, Elimination, two five-member teams. Jimmy Hart, come on in. There are four five-man teams. They're going to be competing against each other in two ten-man elimination matches. One of the matches involves the Honky Tonk Man it, captaining Outlaw Ron Bass, Danny Davis, the King, Harley Race, and also Hercules. However, on the other side of the ring, the Macho Man <laughs> will captain it. these men. Ricky Steamboat, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Jake the Snake. You've got to be concerned. You've got to be scared out of your boots. That's who we're going after, though. That's who we want as the Macho Man. And here's the captain. This man's going to do it right, Honky. Hey, I've got a secret. Uh, I've you, got you a secret. About them lining up. They are lining up. The Honky Talk Man has rented the Sunset Drive-In to put it on the big screen. 10,000 of my fans in Memphis are going to be watching because I've been guaranteed by my team members. The King, Harley Race, Ron Bass, Dangerous Danny Davis, Hercules. They said, Honky Tonk, man, you got nothing to worry about. We're going to line them up, and it's going to be just like batting practice, like hitting ducks on a pond. We're going to take them out one by one. Jake the Snake, Duggan, Beefcake, Ricky the Dragon, and save the best for last. <laughs> Macho man, man Randy Savage. Oh, please. Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to play it for him, and I'm going to play it for all of my fans at the sunset. By the way, he wants a piece of you. I don't think that's any big secret. Get ready. In Cleveland, Thanksgiving night at 7.30 p.m. live.
Hockey Talk Man primed and ready for the Survivor Series, primed and ready for the Macho Man Randy Savage, or at least that's what he claims here. And also on this edition of Primetime, October the 29th, we get a Primetime exclusive matchup, six-man tag team action. Tape back October 7th in Green Bay, Wisconsin, sees Ken Patera, Billy Jack Haynes, and The Rock Don Morocco, what a trio, defeating the team of Cowboy Bob Orton and the Islanders. Talk about a real hodgepodge here. No Bobby Heenan ringside for this one. And after some cheating by the heels, the finish going to see Cowboy Bob Orton putting Morocco onto that top buckle looking for the superplex. But oddly, rather than climbing up the ropes, Orton tries the superplex while standing in the ring. But then it all makes sense as Ken Patera then runs across the apron, blasting Orton in the back of the head with his weasel whacker. That arm brace as the ace cowboy began the superplex. Morocco up in the air, Patera clocking Orton in the back of the head, allowing Morocco to fall on top of Orton, and the babyface is going to steal the win here. Match went 13 minutes and 30 seconds. And it seemed fairly obvious with Orton trying the superplex while standing on the mat that something odd was going to happen here, but at least they were trying to be clever. Fun exclusive. As we head on to the following weekend of action, Superstars of Wrestling for Halloween Day, October the 31st, take back October 6th at the Mecca in Milwaukee. Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, Bruno San Martino once again on commentary here as we see Demolition heading to the ring with Mr. Fuji in their corner, taking on Brady Boone and Scott Casey. And I smell an angle alert here, guys. So stay tuned for the end of this one. And this is where we randomly learn after multiple months, courtesy of an insert promo here from Billy Jack Haynes, that apparently Brady Boone is the kayfabe cousin of one Billy Jack. Haynes also making sure to get his gym over here in the process because that's where Brady Boone trained, guys. And Jesse Ventura laughing at the thought of Brady Boone being trained by Patera and Haynes. And hey, if you can survive that camp, you got to be tough. As Haynes says here, Oregonians got to stick together. Funny, I thought Boone was a Minnesota boy. Speaking of Boone, Brady going to start the match off here to little success. So he tags out to Scott Casey. Casey in with a dropkick, but misses a second attempt on Smash up against the ropes. And the demolition then beating down Casey before he's finally able to tag back out to Brady Boone. Boone, though, going to fire up on demolition, but he makes a mistake when he tries a Hurricane Rana and Smash falling backwards. Great spot here as Boone gets dropped throat first across that top rope. I wrote, oof, nice bump by Brady Boone. Before it's demolition decapitation on Boone, going to get the demos the win, three minutes and 31 seconds. But this one, far from done. As post-match demolition, go for the decapitation again on Brady Boone, sending Scott Casey out of the ring and demolition landing their finisher a second time. But... They're still not done. Demolition go for a third decapitation finisher on Brady Boone, and it connects as well. Oh, my God. Demolition taking Brady Boone out, to say the least. When finally, in comes cousin Billy Jack Haynes to the rescue. Haynes rushing in to save Boone, taking it to both Axe and Smash, dropping them with clotheslines, but he's finally beaten down two-on-one by the demos, and Haynes also going to fall to the demolition decapitation maneuver. It's total chaos. Demolition wiping out Brady Boone and now Billy Jack Haynes when all of a sudden Ken Patera from the back now out to make the save. 
Kenny tries holding his own, blasting Demolition with his arm brace, but he too is eventually outnumbered here as Axe using Fuji's cane to repeatedly crack it across the injured arm of Ken Patera. I guess you guys could call this one a Demolition Derby. One, of course, by Demolition here as there are bodies laying everywhere and Brady Boone being carried out on a stretcher. Demolition injuring, re-injuring the arm of Ken Patera, laying out Billy Jack Haynes with their finisher and putting Boone out on a stretcher. So Demolition really upping their game here this week, taking their pummeling to a whole new level. And it appears we have a new feud on our hands as well. It's time for the demos to begin their ascent. As we're off to special report with Craig DeGeorge talking the altercation from last week between the King Harley race and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. As we go back in time, we see Hacksaw commit assault with a deadly weapon here. And you can add theft to those charges as well as Duggan going to also steal the King's cape and crown. Then from there, we get a quick promo here from Bobby Heenan telling Jim Duggan that he will never be the king. Well, I wouldn't say never, Bobby. Never say never, pal. So yes, indeed, Harley Race and Jim Duggan, the feud is on as we head to the ring for one of our two feature matchups this week. It's Sam Houston taking on dangerous Danny Davis, who is still managed by the mouth of the South Jimmy Hart at this point. And this is billed as the singles debut of both men on TV, even though they've both been wrestling for months at this point in the company. And again, apparently, primetime doesn't count. And if you guys go back to Grenade episode number 97, this was the matchup that was so bad, it had to be shot three times at a single taping in order to finally get a salvageable for TV matchup. So let's see how it goes here, shall we? Sam Houston out to the Midnight Riders song by the Allman Brothers. Little shot at the Mac Dream there. And probably one of the last real mainstream songs ever used for entrance music here in the WWF. I think the Rockers got to do something briefly there in 1988. But here it is. Sam Houston taking on Danny Davis. Sam even doing some two-step dancing to this slow song. And apparently this dancing now part of the cowboy gimmick here for young Sam Houston as we get an insert promo from Danny Davis, who questions anyone who thinks he won't win this matchup. And as we start out, Sam Houston gets control early on with Danny Davis trying a backdrop, but Houston cartwheeling his way around the move and landing a dropkick. Great spot there from Houston. Now, Danny does manage to finally gain control briefly, but runs into a Houston power slam. And Sam going to make the cover one, two, and three. Now, Davis's foot was clearly on the bottom rope during that cover, but the incompetent referee doesn't see it and does indeed declare, yes, Sam Houston, the winner of this matchup, two minutes and 16 seconds. And then post-match, we see Davis and Jimmy Hart exit ringside, chasing the referee away. Bad call, ref, while Sam Houston does a little more dancing. Curious where we go next with Danny Davis, who was screwed here. Yes, but he lost to Sam Houston. And I got to ask, it took three tries to get this two-minute matchup right? Boy, I'd love to see the first two takes on that one as we continue on with the action. Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, he's got Virgil in his corner taking on C.V. Afi here, and DiBiase takes control to start, but Afi got to come back with a running body block and a pair of drop kicks to send the Million Dollar Man outside to collect his thoughts. And while DiBiase regroups, we get an insert promo from Coco Beware who says the Million Dollar Man isn't any better than any one of us. 
Birdman looking forward to eventually stepping in the ring with Ted DiBiase. And then it happens, guys. Jesse Ventura on commentary responding to Coco's comments with this. Why doesn't DiBiase give to charity and things? I mean, if he wants to flaunt as well, there are many individuals who would really welcome him. He does wealth. give to charity. He throws the money out to some of these fans. I call that charity. You know, you know why Coco Beware's upset, don't you? Why? Because his father, Buckwheat, never got those residuals he should have gotten, and that's why he come from a poor family in Union, Tennessee, or wherever he's from. We apologize for Mr. Ventura's remarks as the elbow of DiBiase. Who apologized? Jesse, someone's always apologizing for you. Oh, no. And the body's stating that Coco is just jealous because his father, Buckwheat, never got his residual check from our gang, the little rascals. And as a result, they grew up poor. I wrote, wow, that's some heel shit right there, Jesse. But back to the matchup, DiBiase takes back over. Afi going to try for a comeback, but misses a dropkick, leading to DiBiase's power slam and the scorpion deathlock, once again, giving the million dollar man the win. Three minutes and 23 seconds. Then as we come back from a commercial break, a very quick promo here. Mr. Fuji standing by with the evil Mongolian killer Khan. Fuji says that Khan will cripple others and strike like Cobra. Wow, killer Khan joining Cobra on G.I. Joe. Instant feud with Sergeant Slaughter. Boy, that would have been something else. But instead, no, Fuji insisting that Killer Khan can strike like a cobra as Khan spitting green mist onto the camera lens. I wrote, awesome. And sounds like they have plans to try and keep Khan a relevant opponent, even if he didn't make the cut for the Survivor Series pay-per-view. And then supposedly, backed by popular demand, pal, it's the Pile Driver music video again this week. Before we head off to a special interview, Craig DeGeorge standing by with Jimmy Hart and the IC champ, Hockey Talk Man. Thursday evening, November 26th, Thanksgiving night, when the World Wrestling Federation presents its Survivor Series, a team concept with an elimination format. In other words, if you get eliminated, you're out, but the team remains alive until all of its members have been eliminated. Now, we've talked about the tag team division, the women's division, and the one where Hulk Hogan's team will battle Andre the Giant's team. But for now, I want to introduce you to my guest, manager of the South, Jimmy Hart, and the reigning Intercontinental Champ, the Hockey Talk Man. Now, Hockey, you are a captain of one team that will battle Randy Savage's team. I'm the captain of the best team, and the people I've assembled under my tutelage is the King Harley Race, Hercules, Dangerous Danny Davis, and Outlaw Ron Bass. And I can tell you, that is the number one team. Lest you not forget who was on the other side, Jake Roberts, we mentioned the Macho Man. That's He's right. Hacksaw Jim Dukin, and of course the captain on the other side of the ring is going to be Randy the Macho Man Savage, right, Honky Tonk? Hey, you have that junkyard dog. The junkyard dog, he's going to be there too, baby. But we're going to come out victorious. I think you spelled out some team on the other side. He didn't spell out anything that words the Honky Tonk Man. Because we got it all in the bag. This is what it's all about. The people under me, they've assured me that there's going to be five on one. My team against one man. Macho man Randy Savage. And I'm going to play that tune for him one more time on Turkey Night. 
Thanksgiving evening, I don't know about that, but we will see. Honky Tonk will be the captain of one team against a team led by Randy Macho Man Savage. Well, let's make a clarification right now, Brain. Uh, they were a little bit wrong in what they said out there. The Junkyard Dog is, in fact, not a member of the team. It is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That's correct, Junkyard which Dog. Which will uh, even make it worse for the Honky and his crew. Well, we understood it, that uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat asked the Junkyard he Dog if he did. could take his place. He certainly did. And the Junkyard Dog said, thank you, because I didn't know what I was going to do or where I was going to hide. That's not true. That's you what told, I heard. You told a half-truth and a lie. Well, I can do both. I mean, that's yeah, what I know happens you can. sometimes. I know you can. So they continue to talk the Survivor Series, Team Honky versus Team Mancho. Honky looking to make it a five-on-one situation against the Macho Man so he can play that tune one more time, and this time he can play it all night long. And here we go, as promised, the 10-man battle royal going to headline the show here this week. The 10 men involved include the likes of Bam Bam Bigelow, the Junkyard Dog, One Man Gang, Ace Cowboy Bob Orton, The Rock Don Morocco. Hey, that's Outback Jack is in there, plus Nikolai Volkov, Boris Zukov, the Bolsheviks, the Mighty Hercules, and the Ultimate Warrior. And in case you're wondering, Outback Jack here subbing for Hillbilly Jim and Warrior and Boris Zukov, they've barely been on TV. We saw Warrior's debut last week on Challenge. Boris, I don't know if he's made it past prime time yet, but just an odd group of guys assembled here for the most random of battle royals. Meanwhile, the order of elimination, well, we get a quick Bigelow one-man gang stare down before this matchup starts. And this one, it's a quickie, guys, as the eliminations start right away. And it's a shocker, as it's JYD dumping the one-man gang in just 15 seconds, grabbing him by the back of the head and just flinging him over the top rope. Maybe this was gang's way of giving JYD one back after that loss at that Royal Rumble in St. Louis. And the gang, perhaps the favorite to win this thing, out early. And then from there, Outback Jack sent out next by Hercules at the 32nd mark. From there, it's JYD with his second elimination. Now Dog tossing Nikolai Volkov. One minute and 17 seconds. But look out, Dog, from behind Bob Orton dumping JYD just two seconds later. And we're already down to six, just like that as the heels team up. It's Hercules and Orton now eliminating the Rock Don Morocco in about one minute and 56 seconds time. And the Ultimate Warrior finally making a mark, scooping up and eliminating Borizukov with a press slam dropping him over the top rope, down onto the ropes, and to the outside. Boris eliminated by the Ultimate Warrior, just a moment after Morocco's elimination. But Warrior Man makes the mistake of keeping his back to the action, and Orton dumping the Ultimate Warrior just a few seconds later, two minutes into the matchup, Cowboy Bob Orton eliminating the Ultimate Warrior. And just like that, we're down to three. Is Hercules and Cowboy Bob going to double-team Bam Bam Bigelow here? And at one point, the two heels looking for a double clothesline, but Bigelow does a cartwheel between the two men to escape. But the numbers game finally winds up catching up to Bam Bam Bigelow. The heels landing a double clothesline, taking Bigelow down to the mat and over to the corner, trying to dump the big man out of the ring. But Bam Bam makes the comeback, breaking free, clocking the heels' heads together, and Bigelow simultaneously grabbing both Hercules and Norton and backdropping both men out of the ring at the same time. And the crowd goes absolutely nuts for this awesome spot. Bam Bam Bigelow eliminating both Orton and Hercules in impressive fashion. 
Match only goes three minutes and 53 seconds, but Bam Bam really upping his game here. And I feel like this was done to clarify Bigelow's spot on the card. He's now above the level of the other guys here in this matchup, though I will go back and admit the one-man gang's use was surprising for me since he's been working Hulk Hogan for the WWF title right now on the house shows. But this will be Bob Orton's swan song on syndicated TV. But it had him looking competent, even eliminating the future champion, the Ultimate Warrior. Bob Orton going to finish up his run with the WWF in early November when he's fired after a quote-unquote incident at an airport. And of all places, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. As up next, it's Mean Gene Oakland standing by with He's back, talking about Jake the Snake Roberts. All right, 50 World Wrestling Federation superstars all under one roof for the Survivor Series just outside of Cleveland, Ohio. On Thanksgiving night, November the 26th, Jake Roberts, come on in. i got to talk to you. Four five-man teams, two ten-man elimination matchups. You're in great company and a team captain by the macho man, Randy Savage. And that's going to be interesting in its own. You know, Randy and I have never been great friends, but you know, sometimes you've got to stick together and pull together. And when I look across that ring and see the macho man and myself sticking side by side with people like Steamboat, Beefcake, and my good friend, Mr. Duggan, then I don't think anybody can hang with us, especially you, honky-tonk. Also on his team, Outlaw Ron Bass, The King, Danny Davis, and Hercules. You know, once a man is eliminated from a team, that's it. It's back to the locker room, back to the show. I've never seen anything on paper this exciting. I've never been paid for doing something that seems as exciting as it's going to be. I mean, I've had a lot of fun in my life, but for money, this is going to be something strange. All right, right now as a public service, here's how you could be part of this historic event. And the snake man back from suspension, and he's never been friends with the macho man Randy Savage, but they got to stick together at the Survivor Series. The Snake Man putting over the concept of the pay-per-view says he's never been paid for doing anything this exciting. Well, I'm excited, Jake. As we see the captain of Jake's team in action up next, Macho Man Randy Savage, lovely Elizabeth by his side, taking on Shadow number two. And that's Moondog Rex here as Shadow two for those keeping count. But he'll be gone from the company after this, reportedly quitting after never getting the break he expected after being demoted from the Demolition Tag Team and being the original smash. As Savage, with a double axe handle off the top rope into the ring, then a clothesline going to send Rex outside for another double axe handle off the top to the floor, and then back in the ring, flying elbow smash. Going to give the Macho Man the win, 1 minute and 44 seconds, as we say goodbye to the Shadows Tag Team. But have no fear, Jose Luis Rivera, Shadow number 1, will don a new mask soon along with partner Jose Estrada as the Conquistadors. Can't wait for that. We saw a battle royal here this week. We even got Danny Davis versus Sam Houston. I know, guys. But November sweeps continues on. As closing out this week's superstars, we learn next week, WWF tag team titles are on the line. The Hart Foundation will defend against Strike Force right here on TV, as we hear from both the champions and the challengers. The Hart Foundation, they're the greatest tag team champions of all time, baby. The Strike Force. What do you do when you're branded and you know you're a sissy? <laughs> the Strike Force. They think they're good enough, but they're not. <laughs> this is it. Countdown has started. Next week, the Strike Force, we have a chance at the World's Tag Team Championship, and we're fired up. We're ready for it right That's here. That's exactly right. You know, Hart Foundation, Jimmy Hart, polish up them belts. 
nice for us because next week they're going to be going around our waist, baby. The Strike Force is here to stay, the new champs, baby. Well, join us next week when the Tag Team Championship is up for grabs. So long, everybody. And this is it. Strike Force has a chance to become the WWF Tag Team Champions. Will it happen? We'll have to wait and see. Also back next week in the ring from his suspension, Jake the Snake Roberts, plus the new team of Billy Jack Haynes and Kim Patera, and IC champion Honky Tonk Man going to debut his new self-titled music video, Honky Tonk Man. Going to be a big November, guys. And great use this week of all of the stars as they're building for the future now. Bam Bam Bigelow here, Ted DiBiase. Of course, Randy Savage versus Honky Tonk Man continues on. And now Demolition finally getting their own feud with Patera and Billy Jack Haynes. Plus, the Ultimate Warrior now on WWF TV programming. So the World Wrestling Federation grooming our next wave of top-level talent. As we go on to Wrestling Challenge November the 1st, tape back October 7th, now in November, guys. Green Bay, Wisconsin at the Veterans Memorial Arena. Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon here on commentary as we head off to the ring for the Intercontinental Champion Hockey Talk Man, Jimmy Hart in his corner, taking on Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And Brutai going to shill the hell out of that brand new t-shirt. He showed it off in that primetime interview early on with Gene, and he's wearing it again here to the ring as he removes his jacket he reveals his t-shirt. Get those merch checks, Beefer. Good for you. And the Federette's still hanging around here, ringside, collecting things. We even get an insert promo from Dangerous Danny Davis, who apparently is still keeping an eye on the awful officiating around here, mentioning the referees allowing Beefcake to cut the opponent's hair after the matchups. But can he do it to the Hockey Talk Man here? Let's find out. Hockey Talk Man trying to taunt the barber by dancing you want to call it that but beefer he can play that game too strutting around the ring upsetting the ic champ as the action finally starts and the barber lands not one not two but three consecutive atomic drops and hockey sells him like gold here big right hand by beefcake drops the champion hockey out to the floor but brood i gotta follow him out for a fourth yes another atomic drop be careful beefcake don't use all your moves this early in the matchup as Jimmy Hart looks to aid his charge, trying to hit Brutus with the megaphone from behind, but Hart run off by the barber around the ring as the match goes back inside. Beefcake with a slingshot sunset flip back in the ring. Wow, going to get him a two count. But the barber going to miss a charge into the corner, and Hockey Talk Man taking over the offense briefly here. The champion looking for a middle rope fist drop, a la Cousin King Lawler. But Honky comes off into a waiting Beefcake, who drills him in the gut. And the barber back on top, locking in the sleeper hold. Going to put the champion to sleep, but Jimmy Hart not going to let the champion lose like that. So the colonel rushes in and tries to clock Beefcake with a megaphone, but Beefcake sees it coming and releases the sleeper to fend off the colonel. And all of this is going on right in front of the referee, who has no option but to disqualify the honky-tonk man for Jimmy Hart's interference and the intentional disqualification so Beefcake will pick up a moral win here, two minutes and three seconds. Post-match, with another Jimmy Hart attack foiled, Beefcake gets the hold, the sleeper, on manager Jimmy Hart. And the barber puts Jimmy to sleep. Jimmy Hart out cold, 
as Beefcake sends the Honky Tonk Man out of the ring and the barber going for his scissors, going to cut the hair of Jimmy Hart. And the crowd goes nuts. They want to see it, as do I. And you keep waiting for someone to stop it, but no, Beefcake does indeed get Jimmy Hart up against the ropes and begin cutting the hair of the mouth of the South. Brudai having some fun and the fans eating it up until dangerous Danny Davis comes in from behind and attacks the barber to put a stop to the haircut a little prematurely. Davis running off with manager Jimmy Hart, leaving the honky-tonk man behind. But look out, Beefcake, honky-tonk man, back up from the ringside area and looking to sneak attack the barber. But to no avail, Brutus sees Honky coming and the IC champion forced to retreat from ringside with his stable mates. So it looks like we can look beyond the Honky Tonk Man Macho Man feud as they're already planting seeds maybe, setting up a potential Honky Tonk Beefcake feud for down the line. And it took a few months, but Beefcake finally getting to where they wanted him after WrestleMania 3. He's super over with the crowd. He's owning the barber gimmick now. He's moving up the card and most thankfully away from the new Dream Team and Johnny V feud. Or maybe not. Perhaps the barber still has some unsettled scores with former partner Greg Valentine. We'll have to wait and see up next. Special report replay on the Duggan race altercation from last week. So it's back to the ring. Here they are, the Bolsheviks. Nikolai Volkov, Boris Zukov with manager Slick taking on special delivery Jones and leaping Lanny Poffo as we are all asked to rise for the singing of the Russian national anthem. The Lanny Poffo, he leads the fans in the chant of USA instead. You'll probably pay for that one, Lanny. We also get an insert promo here from the British Bulldogs talking about that big match at the Survivor Series and Boris Zukov making one of his very first appearances here on WWF TV, getting the short end of the stick against both SD Jones and Leaping Lanny early on. But the Russians finally gain control on Jones after a knee to the back from Nikolai on the apron. But Lanny Poffo tagging in and goes dropkick crazy before Volkov can cut him off with a double underhook suplex. And then it's Zukov back inside, running off the ropes with a flying headbutt, putting that huge cranium to good use here. Boris Zukov going to pick up the win, two minutes and 40 seconds. And while quote-unquote Boris Zukov is more nationally known, it was Private Jim Nelson was probably Boris's best work, storyline-wise anyways. Let's face it, Boris Zukov, no Iron Sheik. Not even 1987 Iron Sheik. Then again... Neither was Nikolai Volkov. And that's scary. And the Bolsheviks, we know now, guys, they never really got over. Though Boris will make a good bump machine moving forward. And let, let's see how long Slick hangs with his pair of Russians, shall we? As we continue on with the program, Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the British Bulldogs and Matilda. Well, I don't care where I travel throughout this great land of ours. People are really buzzing about the Survivor Series. Matilda! is the mascot for the Dynamite Kid and Davey Boy Smith and David. You're going to be part of the big tag team elimination in the Survivor Series on Thanksgiving night. That's right, Mean Gene. And the best tag team combinations in the World Wrestling Federation are all going to be there that night. The straight force, the Islanders. All the tag team combinations, Mean Gene, for the British Bulldogs are going to survive because the people know the British Bulldogs going to go get those belts, Mean Gene. All right. Well, of course, you won't have an opportunity in this particular competition to get the belts. Let me point out, we've got two 10-man teams in Dynamite. Just for the record, 
If David gets eliminated, that means you have to leave the ringside area also. That's not good news. You know something, Mean Gene? We've been working out and we're ready for this. We've been running on the beach, we've been pumping the weights. Matilda's been giving us good advice. We're ready, we're in better condition now than ever before. Mean Gene, we're going all the way to victory. Right, Matilda? Was that a big fun? What? Yeah. What did she say? She agrees, she concurs. Yes, she does. All right, Matilda, mascot for the British Bulldogs. They're going to be part of the Survivor Series. Remember, there will be 50 superstars at all on hand. Thanksgiving night, November the 26th, just outside of Cleveland, Ohio. So it appears Matilda still advising the Bulldogs. Not really a fan of all of this. I hate to say it, but maybe, maybe somebody should dognap her. Take away the brains of the outfit. There's an idea. As challenge goes on, we see Sam Houston in the ring taking on Rick Rinslow, and we get an insert promo of Houston, who says he's going to be hotter than a $2 pistol. Boy, I pray they made him say that. As a fairly quick matchup here, Sam looking very solid and fluid as he scores the win with the Bulldog in 2 minutes and 11 seconds. And sadly, Sam, he had to wait months to debut on TV. And then when he does, he gets this, a dime store cowboy outfit sold to kids in the 1950s. In Houston, he had all the potential in the world as a wrestler, but his size worked against him pretty tall, but very lanky, very lean at this stage in his career. Sadly, Sam going to have alcohol abuse issues for many years to come, but what could have been with Sam Houston, I guess we'll never know. As the program continues, we hear from Mean Gene Oakland once more, this time standing by with the macho man himself. Here's Randy Savage. I'll tell you what, just outside of Cleveland at the Richfield Coliseum on Thanksgiving night, you've got 50, 50, count them, World Wrestling Federation superstars all under one roof. And by the way, you'll have an opportunity, I don't care where you are in this country, you'll have an opportunity to see the Survivor Series as it happens. Four five-man teams, one. Match one, ten-man elimination. Captain Hulk Hogan captaining four other men. Opposing him will be Andre the Giant and company. Captain Macho Man Randy Savage, come on in in the Survivor Series. The fight of your life, so to speak. You and your four men, a very good company, by the way. Steamboat Duggan, Beefcake, and Jake the Snake Roberts going against the Honky Tonk Man and his four men. I feel like Newt Rockney psyching up my team. Yeah, before we go down that aisle in the Richfield Coliseum, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, knock him out with the two-by-four. And let the barber, the barber, Beefcake, cut their hair. And let the dragon burn them. And let the snake wrap them up real tight. Yeah. And let Elizabeth crawl through the rope and kick the honky-tonks head in. Yeah. Take a walk in the wild side. Nothing is nothing. And I'm not giving no secrets. The only thing I'm saying is that our plan is no plan. Yeah. He is right. As a public service here, so you can be part of this exciting historical event. You got to kind of wonder if Savage even knows who's on his team at the Survivor Series at this point. Never mentions anyone by name, but he is ready to lead the team into battle. I guess it doesn't matter when you're the macho man. Then from there, it's a quick promo from the sensational Sherry, the women's world champion, talking the Survival Series. You guys got to get this right. That wouldn't fly today, pal. Sherry stating that she will prove once and for all that she is better than the fabulous Moolah. Of course, Sherry's team going up against Moolah and company at the pay-per-view. As we head back to the ring for Killer Khan with Mr. Fuji by his side, taking on Chris Curtis. And no intro here. Straight into the bell. As Khan attacks, pounding down Curtis before the thrust kick, the green mist of doom, and the backbreaker setting Curtis up for now the 
middle rope diving knee drop, giving Khan the win in just two minutes and seven seconds. And how does the referee miss the mist every time? Fuji is quite the distractor. This has been going on for months now. And remember, we saw that quick promo with Killer Khan spewing the green mist onto the camera. It felt like maybe they were keeping him around to work the big men here. You know he's coming off the matches with Hulk Hogan, but upcoming matches with the Macho Man, Bam Bam Bigelow, guys like that. But Khan, about to leave the company here around Survivor Series time. But we'll talk about that when we get to the November news. For now, it's a special interview. Up on the platform, Craig did George standing by with the WWF champion, Hulk Hogan. And listen closely, guys, because this crowd is insane. Survival's a key word, man. There are so many differences between me and Andre the Giant. The lifestyle, the way we feel about things, basic human emotion. But survival is the one thing we both have in common, man. We both learn to tear, fight, and scratch for what we want. But you know, we're fighting for different reasons, man. I'm on top of the world, man, because I'm fighting for the love of all my little holsters. But Andre the Giant, he's fighting for the money. For the ego, for the greed, man, and for Bobby the Weasel Heenan. And you know something? Andre the Giant, I've got the edge on your team, man. Because of the jungle, when you're trying to survive, you got to stay hungry, man. And that's what I've been doing. I've been wetting my thirst with victory after victory over all the number one contenders. And Andre the Giant, after WrestleMania 3, you went hibernated like a big old nasty grizzly bear. Controversy, maybe a slow count, whatever it was, you haven't stayed hungry. And the key to winning this survival series is to stay hungry. And I will survive. I will survive. All the wild men with me, and those two have a taste of survival, and we're all fighting for the same reasons, the same common goals. Andre the Giant, you and all those cutthroats on your team, we're gonna wipe them out, but somewhere along the line, as man gets eliminated, as man gets thrown out of the arena, Andre the Giant, you and I will make eye contact. We will feel the power of each other, and instinct alone will make me survive. And that was indeed insane. Hulkamania at its peak here. And you can't argue that. You can't even make out Hulk Hogan's music or a word to George tries to say before or after Hogan's promo. The crowd is out of their minds for the WWF champion at this point. As Hogan says, he's fighting for his Hulkamaniacs. The nasty giant, the big nasty stinky rotten giant dude, is merely fighting for greed. Hulk says that staying thirsty is the key to survival, and his team are all fighting for a common goal. But really, when you listen, Hogan really ignoring that this is a 10-man match, and he has four other men on his team, as per the usual, making it mostly about himself, and in this instance, Andre as well. 
As we are off to yet another special report, Craig to George, man, this guy's everywhere. He's looking at the ongoing feud between ravishing Rick Rude and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff as we hear from Rick Rude, more so his manager, Bobby Heenan. I'm going to tell you one thing, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Who do you think you are firing me? You've embarrassed me for the last time. And every member of my family is going to get even with you. I know you're jealous of this man. He's got the best physique in professional sports today. We're going to get you, Orndorff. You can bank on it. And the brain stating that Paul Orndorff has embarrassed Heenan for the last time. Paul just jealous of Rick Rude's physique. And the feud continues on there. We get another promo from Jimmy Hart and the Glamour Girls, Leilani, Kai, Judy, Martin, the women's tag team champions. They'll be a part of the Survivor Series pay-per-view and some upcoming great matchups against the Jumping Bomb Angels as well as we have back to the ring one more match this week on Challenge. Six-man tag sees the Killer Bees team with the Birdman Coco Beware. So it is the Bird and the Bees once again taking on the new Dream Team. Dino Bravo, Greg Valentine, and manager Johnny V. It's all three Bees make their way to the ring in masks. And that includes Brunzel, Blair, and Coco Beware. Get it? Unfortunately, much like last time, they take the masks off before the bout. I wrote, boo. As the baby faces start off here on top, but eventually the new Dream Team take over on Beware. Johnny V wants him a piece of the Birdman, but Valentine accidentally nailing his manager, JV, which allows Ware to make the hot tag out to jump in Jim Brunzel. And the bees in with a double backdrop before Coco tagged back in, knocking the rag off of the semi-bald head of JV. And we're going up top for the missile dropkick. Got to get the pinfall win on the manager Luscious Johnny. Three minutes and 31 seconds. And post-match, the new Dream Team attack all three of their opponents, sending the bees out to the floor and the Birdman beaten down inside as Greg Valentine applies the figure four leg lock before the Killer Bees re-enter the ring to fight off the Dream Team. Seemed a little odd for the Dreams to attack Coco, given what's coming for the Dream Duo in just a few weeks. As we close out this edition of Challenge, Mean Gene Oakland standing by one more time. Got a couple of interviews lined up. First from the Barber. We're going to hear from Brutus Beefcake, and then it's Strike Force. All right, coast to coast, border to border. They are talking about the Survivor Series. I mean, the folks, you great people out there that I have an opportunity to meet every week in my travels from San Francisco to New York, from L.A. to Miami, from Dallas to Minneapolis, St. Paul. Just outside of Cleveland, Ohio on Thanksgiving night, November the 26th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the Survivor Series will take place. 50, count of 50 World Wrestling Federation superstars and all to be involved in this extraordinary event. If I can talk just momentarily on some of the, the great competition you're going to be seeing. A ladies elimination matchup. Sensational Sherry will captain one team. The fabulous Mulder will captain the other. They will be five member teams for the ladies elimination. There's a tag team elimination matchup we're going to talk about in a moment or two. But come on in, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, if you would join me. In the Survivor Series, we have two 10-man eliminations. We have four five-man teams in the first ten-man elimination. Hulk Hogan, captains Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, superstar Billy Graham, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Ken Patera. They will be opposed by Andre the Giants team. That includes the one-man gang, King Kong Bundy, the natural Butch Reed, and Ravishing Rick Rude. That is impressive. You're going to be involved in the second ten-man elimination. The team opposing you, your team, captained by Macho Man Randy Savage, includes yourself, 
Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Jake the Snake Roberts. The opposing team, that fivesome, captained by the Honky Tonk Man. It includes Outlaw Ron Bass, the King Harley Race, Dangerous Danny Davis, and the Mighty Hercules. You've got action, my friend. <laughs> action. You know, Gene, pressure. You're talking about this competition. We're talking about a lot of pressure. We're talking about a heavy-duty thing going on, a big event. Well, this thing is not any kind of pressure for me, you know. After three WrestleManias, after a lot of big deals, man, I'm not feeling any pressure. I'm feeling proud to be involved. I'm feeling very, very confident that my team, with madness in charge, holding the reins, holding back on all the stallions, man, I think we're going to, you might say, mow down our competition the way we'd like to. By the way, I want to publicly compliment you. I've let a lot of my friends know that you cut my hair, and you won't believe the number of compliments that I've gotten over the past three and a half months. Well, Gene, you know, it's an always a pleasure to help you out whenever I'm around. And, uh, Ooh. Oh, you mean you haven't seen the... You have been holding... <laughs> Look at that! Those t-shirts out right now? That's right, Gene. In all the arenas, but just just warn the little kids and keep them back. And just, we don't want anybody hurt from the stampedes of all the people trying to get like there a, to buy them. Like a, like a land rush. What is that? The old they hit the land office? Very good. Thank you, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. He is exceptional. He's going to be part of this gigantic Survivor Series. Come on in, Rick Martell, Tito Santana. You guys are going to captain four other teams. You're going to be opposed by the Hearts captaining the Islanders. The new dream team, the Bolsheviks and Demolition. But Tito, you and Rick have got as team members the Killer Bees, the Rougeos, Paul Roma, Jimmy Powers, and the British Bulldogs. A lot of talent in this lineup. That's exactly right. You know, I mean, Gene, somebody has to take control, and they have appointed us as the leaders. And that's exactly what we've done. We've gotten everybody together, and we're going to work as a unit. We understand that more people are going to view this event, a historical event, than any other Super Bowl in the history of sports. And we're going to be part of it, and we're going to win as a team, baby. All right. Uh, you know, just like in football, basketball, hockey, any other team sport, you have captains. You've been chosen to captain your 10 men, and that's got to be a great honor for you and Tito, Rick. It sure is, Gene. And, you know, whichever team wins this tag team elimination, you know, it's going to be because of a, uh, a combined effort of uh, the teams on their side. And, you know, we already got together with our teams, and, you know, we feel good about it because the word is togetherness, teamwork. Now, is it, is it going to be the same for the other side? Well, you take a look at the other side. And I think we'll, we'll have an opportunity to see what happens, see what unfolds on Thanksgiving night. Thank you, yes, Rick Martell, Tito Santana, Strike Force. And there it was, Mean Gene Oakland, first with the beefer, once again showing off his brand new t-shirt as he talks the pay-per-view. And apparently Strike Force have been selected the captains of their team at the Survivor Series as well. And then next week here on Wrestling Challenge, we learn the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase going to take on George the Animal Steel. And based on that matchup, it's clear that November sweeps on challenge a little bit different than what we get on superstars. As we have one more piece of TV here to look at this week on the grenade, wrapping up episode number 99, heading off to the Thursday night edition of primetime wrestling for November the 5th, hosted once again, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. But rather than hear from them, it's off to Mean Gene Oakland standing by one more time with Strike Force. 
All right, Gorilla Monsoon and you, Bobby Heenan, have been discussing at length the forthcoming Survivor Series, the pending Survivor Series, just outside of Cleveland, Ohio, at the Richfield Coliseum. That's one place you can see it on Thanksgiving, November the 26th at 7.30 p.m. That's Eastern Time. Otherwise, you can see it on pay-per-view, exclusively on pay-per-view around the country. Make plans now to spend it with your family. But after the big Thanksgiving dinner, you can sit down and watch the Survivor Series 50, World Wrestling Federation superstars and all. I think Miss Betty is going to be there. Paul, have you seen Miss Betty? Oh, wow. Ooh. <laughs> A couple of guys just fell off their chairs here. Come on in, if you would, please. It's the old parrot trick. Come on in, if you would. Rick Martel, Tito Santana, 50 superstars, all under one roof for the Survivor Series. You're going to be involved, Rick Martel and Tito Santana, in the tag team elimination matchup. As a matter of fact, Rick, you and Tito are captains. Yes, and we're very excited about it. You know, what an event, the Survivor Series. But you know, it's exactly what it is, what it's all about, survival. Because there's going to be a lot of bad blood in that ring at the same time. You know, you're talking about, you know, the, the Rougeos with the Dream Team and us, Strike Force with the Islanders and the Heart Foundation and the Bulldogs, a lot of score to sell in that ring, you know, but we feel real good because, uh, you know, we have a discussion with our teams, you know, and everything's been laid out, the strategy's been laid out, and believe me, we're going to stick together, and we're going to come out the winner. All right, probably one of the most exciting events, Tito Santana, and I've covered your career for the most part that you've ever been involved in. It sure is, Minjin, you know, and it's going to be viewed by millions of people, and we are going to find out once and for all what the better combination is going to be, either Santana Strike Force and Rick Martel Strike Force, or the Hard Foundation and his turkeys. After it's all over, we're going to find out who the real turkeys are because our team, yes. the Strike Force, and the four other teams, we're coming to win, baby, and survive. All right, yeah, Field Coliseum, Thanksgiving night, November the 26th. The event, the Survivor Series. So Tito Santana, Rick Martel, getting a lot of TV time as of late, and for good reason, we'll find out as we head into the month of November. But also here this week on Primetime, a pair of exclusive matches. First tape, October 28th, Rochester, New York at the War Memorial. Sam Houston defeating Iron Mike Sharp with a Bulldog in 10 minutes and 38 seconds. Also going to go back to the Sam Houston Coliseum. Match took place October the 9th. Really fun matchup. Awesome that it made air here on primetime. Sees Axe and Smash of Demolition defeat the Killer Bees in a two out of three falls match. Demo's getting the win. Two falls to one. Match goes about 18 minutes. But the best part of this edition of Primetime Wrestling happens at the end of the show. Now it is Thanksgiving season, guys. And it wouldn't be Thanksgiving with Gorilla Monsoon without a peanut butter pie. Gorilla Monsoon sporting a peanut butter pie at his desk at Primetime here this week. I had to pop for that one. As a kid, I'd never heard of a peanut butter pie. And it took me many years, well, until the internet. And I could Google what is a peanut butter pie before I actually found out. Turns out it was something similar to something that my grandmother made when I was growing up. Wasn't my cup of tea, a little too sweet perhaps, but no doubt Gorilla loved the sweets. And that's going to wrap it up here this week on The Grenade Guys, episode 99 in the books. Heading into triple digits the next time I come to you guys with episode number 100, the milestone edition of the Wrestling Memory Grenade. Remember, lots to talk about there. We're kind of going to do... A 1987 year in review of sorts. And I know we're just heading into the month of November, but I got a, a few special guests I'm going to be bringing on the show. Stay tuned to social media as I begin dropping the names of some of those special guests throughout the next week here for episode 100 of The Grenade. It's going to be a fun time talking all about the year of 1987 with many of the men who lived it, remember it fondly, 
and they can't wait to be a part of this and talk about the feuds, the stars, WrestleMania 3, the list goes on. I can't wait for that. But we're also, remember guys, we're going to announce next week where we're headed next. We did the 1989 NWA project. We jumped up to the 1993 WWF, and most recently here, well, still in it, it's 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation, but where am I going next? Well, it's a question my brothers asked me repeatedly, and after careful consideration, I finally made that decision, which will also be announced next week as part of that milestone episode. So stay tuned, guys. Can't wait to have you back here. Spread the word. The Grenade turning 100. That's 100 episodes old next week, and I'm just proud to be a part of it. So until then, just a quick reminder, guys, you can find all of the podcasts at the WrestleCopia brand over at WrestleCopia.com and all of your favorite podcast streaming apps. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. It's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade and YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade as well. And if you want to support the brand and everything I do here, not just the Grenade, but regional wrestling and beyond, give my Patreon a try for just $5 patreon.com slash wrestlecopia that address again patreon.com slash wrestle c-o-p-i-a so many gifts coming your way for just five dollars a month no subscription cancel anytime i do think you'll like all the gifts offered there and the best part is you guys are helping and supporting and funding the wrestlecopia podcast network and i can't say thank you enough to my current patrons and future patrons as well and of course thank you to all the loyal listeners of the wrestling memory grenade and beyond and with all of that said, it's time to say goodbye, but we will be back next week with episode number 100. Can you believe it? So until then, this is Ray Russell saying, from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and I'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there! You know why Coco Beware's upset, don't you? Why? Because his father Buckwheat never got those residuals he should have gotten, and that's why he come from a poor family in Union, Tennessee, or wherever he's from. We apologize for Mr. Ventura's remarks. Who apologized? Jesse, someone's always apologizing for you. Oh, no.